When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You're listening to the college football coast to coast show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hey guys, welcome back to our championship week as we are looking ahead at our conference championships all around college football. Of course, in Division One, we've got quite a few to look at, 10 exactly, uh, to keep an eye on this upcoming weekend. And I believe we get started on Friday. Yep. So, tomorrow yeah, we, night. We, get, we get started tomorrow night on uh, some big games. Uh, not necessarily in the Power Five, but we're going to be looking at them anyways outside because uh, they do have some sort of playoff implication at some point in bowl implications. Uh, so we're going to take a look at our first one, uh, and that's going to be Western Kentucky and UTSA squaring off. It's going to be a home game for UTSA. So outside of the Power Five, a lot of these smaller conferences uh, will play at their home stadiums. Uh, it's kind of just a thing that they don't necessarily have the resources this time of year to do that, and they can't really fill the seats. I think that's the main thing. But uh, aside from that, this is a pretty intriguing matchup, I think. Um, Western Kentucky isn't exactly, you would say, a powerhouse team um, compared to UTSA this season. Um, two teams that they're one, – one team's record shows that they're very good, and then Western Kentucky had an 8-4 and four season this year. Uh, still – uh, I mean, UTSA with an 11-1 season, they just came off a loss to North Texas, um, which was kind of an interesting loss. Um, so I, I think the key to this game is definitely can Western Kentucky's offense uh, keep up with the UTSA offense because UTSA has a lot of offense. Um, defensively, I would say Western Kentucky is definitely the better team in this one. Uh, so it'll be a close. It'll be a close matchup, and I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Yeah, on the other side uh, for UTSA, they got to feed off their home crowd, uh, and then they got to feed off uh, the energy of uh, being a home underdog. You know, UTSA pretty much uh, went throughout the whole season. You know, they went eleven and one. Their only blemish was last weekend against North Texas, and North Texas really put on a show. And you really can't let that happen against a very talented Western Kentucky team that can put up. A lot of points, uh, averaging just over 30 points a game. Western Kentucky has been known to have an explosive offense. Uh, You can date back to many, many years uh, ago. But, yeah, UTSA's offense has got to get it going. They struggled last week, weekend against a a good 
North Texas defense, the mean green was able to really attack them. They sent a lot of blitz packages uh, to really uh, stifle this UTSA offense. Uh, but if UTSA can, you know, did what they did, you know, for 11 straight victories, I think they can get the job done. And that's definitely a key to victory against uh, Western Kentucky. And definitely, uh, you know, it, it is surprising to see that Western Kentucky is a three and a half. Uh, point favorite in this game. I guess Vegas uh, didn't really like UTSA's showing last week against North Texas uh, and thought otherwise uh, to put Western Kentucky as a favorite in this matchup. So we will go on to the next matchup that will occur on Friday night. So we'll have two games on Friday to start our football weekend, and it is a rematch in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon claimed the Pac-12 North, number 10 versus number 17, Utah. We saw these two teams a couple of weeks ago, uh, and Utah really handled their business at home with a 38-7 victory. So Oregon is looking to get the job done this time. Utah comes in as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So Vegas liked the first matchup. Utah was coming in here as a three-point favorite. Utah this time is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So what are some keys uh, for Utah to go 2-0 against the Ducks and claim the Pac-12 championship to send them to Pasadena? Well, I think I think the important thing to do is look back at the last game um, because I really think that's going to be the telltale sign of, you know, what's what was really the difference um and that really is is that Oregon they've struggled this year at getting started in the first half um and Utah took advantage of that and they they knew that that was the case I mean they went up 28 to nothing at half so I think the key to this game is Utah getting off to a strong start like they did at home uh two weeks ago so I think that um I think if they control it, if they control the first half, I think uh, I don't think there's any way that Oregon can come back in this one. And of course, strong defensive play uh, will be the name of the game. And I just don't think that Utah's defense got enough credit for that win um, there at, at home against uh, Oregon. Yeah, Utah's defense uh, did everything in that in their power to really shut down this Oregon offense uh, and Anthony Brown. And Oregon on the other side uh, has to get off to a fast start. Only scoring seven points this time around, it's not going to cut it. You got to have more opportunities uh, whenever you're in the red zone uh, to score points and score and find the end zone. Uh, Oregon's defense uh, didn't do a really good job uh, last time around against uh, Utah. You know, giving up 38 points uh, to a Utah offense, uh, you know, that can find multiple ways to score, whether that's on the ground or through the air. So this Oregon offense has got to do a better job, especially Anthony Brown didn't have a a really good game. I think that, um, um, you know, the defensive line for Oregon has to step up. Uh, you know, they really couldn't get any pressure against Utah's uh, quarterback, so to get pressure against them and force some turnovers is definitely going to be key this time around for Oregon to not only keep it closer but to pull out the victory and claim the Pac-12. Now we're going to move on to, I think, one of the biggest games. Uh, and, of course, big, that means Big 12 uh, which means a lot of offensive football. But these two teams are very different in the Big 12. Um, and I think this is going to be one of the best matchups. I think it, might, it will be the best matchup of the year in the Big 12. Um, and it just so happens to be in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, two teams that have a lot of defense. Uh, but I'm going to focus on one side. I, I'm going to focus a little bit on Oklahoma State. Um, a little bit coming off of the win against Oklahoma uh, show that they can they can make opportunities off of defensive plays um, which I, I didn't think that was physically possible in the big 12 but uh, they showed that it is uh, and their offense just fed off of it um, I think that the big thing is is that Oklahoma State's going to rely on the running game they have to rely on the running game um, and and I think that's going to be uh, something that Baylor's going to think about, um, which ultimately they'll have, they're going to have to turn into the pass game as well. And, and their quarterback is more than capable of doing it. Uh, and, re- and really shocked me with his performance uh, against Oklahoma. Yeah. And the last time that uh, both of these teams met Baylor won the turnover battle, Spencer Sanders had two picks in that game, but Baylor's offense just wasn't able to, to generate any points off of those turnovers. So Baylor's offense is definitely have to have a better game plan 
against this Oklahoma State uh, defense. And uh, even though, you know, last time with the two turnovers, this Baylor defense still gave it 30 points uh, to Sanders in that offense. So the Baylor Bears defense and the offense has to have a better game plan uh, for Oklahoma State. And uh, Oklahoma State uh, not only, you know, can force, you know, plays on the offensive side, but in the special teams, we saw that in the Oklahoma game, you know, they lost a fumble, but they also gained a fumble on, you know, a guy uh, trying to to field a punt and it bobbled it exactly from the same spot. It was just a wacky game. But uh, I think that's definitely the keys uh, for the Baylor Bears. They have to do uh, better, have to be able to establish their running game. Couldn't do that uh, last go around against Oklahoma State. And I think whoever has a better running game uh, in this matchup will ultimately uh, win this ball game. So now we will go on to the MAC, uh, the annual game that is played at Four Field in Detroit. We'll see if one of these teams can actually win a game in Four Field, unlike the NFL team, Detroit Lions. You didn't have to go there. I mean, I had to. <laughs> All right, Kent State coming in here as a three and a half point favorite versus Northern Illinois. We've seen Northern Illinois many times. Kent State's one of the newbies uh, in this game. Usually we see Toledo, Northern Illinois. We saw Western Michigan and Central Michigan. So I think Kent State for this one, uh, the moment in the spotlight can't get too bright for them. They really have an explosive offense. I just think that this is going to be an offensive shootout. The MAC championship always is. Always both teams get into the 30s. So I think uh, whoever can win the turnover battle is definitely uh, going to be a big key uh, for this one. Uh, but for Kent State, their offense it just needs to fire on all cylinders. And if it gets to, to a shootout, then uh, hopefully they can get their running game going as well. Yeah, I, and I think for Northern Illinois, I think it's it's the tale of Kent State, I think, is the better team in this one. Uh, and And I think that it's one of these games that, I think Northern Illinois is going to have to take advantage of miscues from tech, from Kent State, um, and I think that will be ultimately the, the factor um, that they they need to, to generate to, to come out on top. Uh, a lot of close games this season for them to get to where they are now at eight and four. So I mean, they're three and two in their last five, and of course Kent State is is four and one in their last five. Um, a lot of momentum uh, will, will be decided in this game. So uh, both teams are almost identical as far as offense and defense go. They're very similar. Um, so I think this will be a really close game. And uh, and I think Northern Illinois needs strong quarterback play in order to uh, come out on top because that Kent State defense will uh, will take advantage of him sitting in the pocket too long. And I just think he's got the coolest name of all time as a quarterback. His name is Rocky Lombardi. And oh, I, I, I think that that is like the coolest football name of all time. But no, uh, I think that's that's the key for, for Illinois, Northern Illinois to, to come out on top. And another key for Kent State, they're going to be rocking them baby blue. So, I mean, they're definitely going to win some style points in this game. <laughs> and all right, now we head out west and we're going to head to the Mountain West Championship game, and that is going to be Utah State against number 19, San Diego State. Uh, yes, the Mountain West team is in the top 20 in the college football rankings right now. Um, That's not it, surprising. It's just not surprising seeing Boise State in the top 25. C- correct. Yeah, and I think it's kind of weird, but the Mountain West was something that was kind of all over the place this year. kind of looked a little bit like the Big Ten. Um, and of course, a lot of those teams in the Mountain West are really close together, and it's a really tight bunch. Um, I'm going to focus a tad on uh, Utah State in this one. Uh, for them to win this game, I think their quarterback Bonner really has to get out to a good start. Uh, really has thrown the ball well this season for Utah State, and I think that's how they got to the point where they are right now. Uh, defensively for Utah State, uh, you know, they're allowing almost 400 yards of offense a game. So uh, so I think that they really need to dial it back because this San Diego State team can score a lot of points quickly. So uh, I think it's going to be uh, good offensive play, taking care of the football for Utah State, and, of course, shutting down that explosive San Diego State offense. 
Yeah, I think on the same side, too, like you just said, I think that San Diego State's defense has got to stop an explosive passing attack that Utah State has been known for. And you can go back to whenever Jordan Love was a quarterback uh, for Utah State. I think that's how they've been generating these quarterbacks uh, ever since they left. So they, they definitely need to stop uh, their passing attack. And San Diego State's uh, passing attack uh, has been exposed in some of those games. So they really – their corners have really got to lock down on – those really talented receivers and they got to keep them honest. Uh, San Diego State, they got to rely on their running backs. We've, you know, they can go back to Rashad Penny whenever he was there and just really talented uh, running backs. That's really been uh, dished out here at San Diego State. So I think that if they can, that if San Diego State can have a balanced offense and this game might have the opportunity to get into a high score and shootout, if that gets to the case, I would trust uh, San Diego State's uh, offense, as I trust uh, more of their running game than Utah State. They Utah State, uh, it's kind of inconsistent getting their running game going. Uh, they mainly rely on their passing game. So I think that could be, uh, if it gets to a high scoring shootout advantage, would go to the Aztecs in their running game. All right, now we go to the next group of five championship. This is another one where it is, I guess, uh, the higher ranked team. Uh, gets the host this one, and we saw this matchup uh, a couple of months ago between Appalachian State at number 20, Louisiana. Appalachian State is a three-point favorite. I don't really get that. Louisiana went to Boone and absolutely blew the doors out of this team, so I don't know what Vegas is really saying. Billy Napier is still coaching this one. I know that uh, he is going to be going to Gainesville. Uh, I want to get your thoughts uh, first. Give me the keys uh, to how Louisiana is going to win this game, even with Billy Napier heading out the door. Uh, and I think, well, I think that's part of the reason why they're yeah. going to win this game, to be honest with you. You said it yourself. So, uh, it, yeah, I think with him heading out the door, as, as we know, I think that uh, this team will really want to win this game for him. And, and I think it'll be a good thing to finish off his time at Louisiana. Uh, and, I, and I think that uh, he has really gotten this team to where it's at now in a top 20 spot for a Sunbelt school like, like this uh, is, is really a good spot for them. And they're no joke. You know, I've seen them play and, and they're a really good team and they could beat some, some teams that are uh, power five, five schools, you know, uh, across the country. I mean, they're that, they're that good. I mean, only the only loss this season was at Texas in the first game of the season, a really amped up game. Uh, and, and, you know, from there on out, they went 11 and zero the rest of the season. I mean, that says a lot about, you know, the bad taste in their mouth from that game to start the season, and they took it out on every Sunbelt school they played. Um, so I think for for the Raging Cajuns, I think it's going to start ultimately uh, in the backfield. Running game, uh, you know, the running back has 144 carries this season for 834 yards. He's got only eight touchdowns this season. Uh, if they're going to beat this App State team, App State is a really, I know you're going to get into their defense a little bit, but their secondary is unbelievable. So I think that the Raging Cajuns really need to get the ball on the ground and run in order to get, to get this win. Yeah, I know that you raved about this App State uh, secondary uh, really being good, but they weren't good last time around when Louisiana came to town. Uh, Levi Lewis uh, really uh, tore that defense apart and that definitely can't happen a second time around that secondary has got to step up uh against uh, a really balanced attack uh levi lewis can gun it and then like you said you were talking about the running backs uh he's pretty much a bowling ball and can run all over you but uh, appalachian state this offense has got to get it going uh this time around they really shut down uh chase bryce and that offense has got to generate some more opportunities especially when they get into the rent red zone they weren't able to do that against Louisiana like you said Louisiana is a hot team coming this one their only blemish was against the Texas team and I would like to see that matchup again honestly if it happened again I would probably go with Louisiana especially if it was on their home turf uh, but just going back to to this game uh, Appalachian State just got to hope that Louisiana uh, you know Billy Napier's looking ahead to the Florida job not looking to this game because uh, they're Louisiana definitely has way more talent than Appalachian State, but Appalachian State, you know, been one of those teams that could pull off the upset. So never know uh, during championship weekend. Yeah, and I think it's all about time and time again about how you use the talent. Um, you know, and you can almost take that to any level or facet of football because 
I mean, you look at Bill Belichick, what he's done with the Patriots. I mean, he ain't necessarily got the best players every single season. That's what you do with that talent that gets you to that point. Um, and I think that's definitely what the Sun Belt is all about. I mean, it's a growing conference, and I think we're going to see a lot more of these Sun Belt schools in the future. But moving past that, we're going to move back to our Power 5 conferences and the biggest one of the weekend, and that's going to be number one Georgia versus number three Alabama. Um, Game that is six and a half right now to Georgia. I think it should be more than that, to be honest with you. Um, We're going to... I think we're going to get into that a little later, but I think that this ultimately is the uh, time for for Georgia to show up, and I think they've been waiting for this moment. I think they were probably crossing their fingers that Alabama made it to the championship just for this game uh, to happen. But um, I think for Georgia, I think the best the best way for them to win this game and come out on top. Um, it definitely is getting to Bryce Young. We've seen that in the last game in the Iron Bowl that we saw last weekend that he doesn't do well under pressure. That Auburn defensive line got to him so many times that he got pressure. He just threw the ball away, and he kind of panicked back there. And I think Georgia's going to take advantage of that. Their guys are huge on the front line on defense, but they can move uh, really quickly off the ball. So I expect them to uh, pressure Bryce Young. And, and, of course, with that offense, uh, with Stetson Bennett, I, I don't think that they're going to get stopped. I think I think it's uh, it's an offense that's going to score. It's all going to be about what Alabama can do to stop. Yeah, a game like this is always a one and loss in the trenches. And obviously Georgia has, you know, the advantage on offense and defensive line. Alabama's offensive line struggled. Especially in that Auburn game, they struggled pretty much all season. You know, they struggled against LSU. And, you know, Georgia, they're going to watch the film. And you, all you got to do is blitz uh, Bryce Young. So Alabama's offensive line, if they want to pull off this upset, that offensive line has to play their best game of the season. I think the key for the main key for this Alabama offense, they got to get this running game going. Brian Robinson Jr. Has got to get you know some carries against this Georgia def. This Georgia run defense is one of the best uh, in the country. They don't really allow many yards uh, per carry, so that's definitely going to be a big key. Can't put it all on your freshman quarterback and Bryce Young. I know he's one of the most talented quarterbacks out there in the country, but he's not going to be the only guy uh, to win this game. And he's got to find his receivers. You have Jameson Williams uh, and Mechie. Out there, and this Alabama defense is going to, I think, ultimately is going to win or lose you this ball game too. You got to force turnovers in this one uh, against Stetson Bennett uh, in this offense. Uh, Alabama's uh, pass defense, uh, their secondary is a little vulnerable. Uh, their their run defense is starting to improve as the season goes on, especially with the excellent play of Will Anderson in the middle linebacker for the Tide. So. There's a lot of keys for Alabama, but I definitely uh, think they're up for the challenge, especially with Nick Saban and crew having Georgia's number the past several years. All right, we'll go on to the next one. This is another big one in the American. It could be a de facto playoff semifinal for one team. 21, Houston at number four, Cincinnati. Cincinnati coming in as a 10.5 point favorite. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, Cincinnati, you know, Luke Fickle and his – you know, his team has been so close to the playoff, and now that they're finally here, they're number four, and they just got to get one more win. So what are the keys for Cincinnati to locking up a playoff spot against Houston? Well, there's a key you said in that opening right there that really is going to determine what happens. And that, for me, is um, what <laughs> what can they do to win and, and, and stay in the playoff? Uh, for me, for them to stay in the playoff, they have to win by a sizable margin. Um, I think that if, let's say, they don't, and it's a really close game, there might be an opportunity for somebody else to slide up. Um, and, and we've seen that from the committee. It's a coin flip, especially with small schools. Um, and Cincinnati has been there all year. Um, it's going to be interesting. So I, I think that 
for Cincinnati number one, they're gonna score. They're gonna score touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Houston uh, can stop them from scoring. Um, but the problem is, is sometimes we've seen that you know Desmond Ritter can get a little too far ahead of himself, um, and I think that's one thing that has kind of held him back. Uh, in college and I think is going to hinder him a little bit uh, in the NFL. And that would be, he sees it too early. Um, and you normally don't say that with a quarterback, but he develops the play too early. Um, and he tends to throw it out a little too far from his receiver out of reach. And, and it gets him in trouble. Um, he's thrown eight picks this year. I mean, that's not too bad, but against the talent you're playing, that's not great. Um you know, and Cincinnati has stepped up to be a top-tier program. So uh, I think for that, I think Ritter has to take care of the, the football. Um, and defensively, we can see that Houston can score some points. So uh, I think those linebackers for Cincinnati are definitely the key to making open field tackles in this one. To be honest with you, I think Houston's got to make this uh, a high-scoring shootout because I don't really know if, I, if their defense uh, – can stop uh, Desmond Ritter uh, in this offense, and especially Jerome Ford, uh, the running back. Uh, for the Bearcats, it's pretty much the most balanced, uh, you know, attack that Houston will see. I think that Houston's offense is the best offense that Cincinnati has seen all season. So Houston's got to be able to score, but I think, you know, like I said, pretty much in every matchup, they got to win the turnover battle. It, whoever team, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a group of five, conference championship or power five championship uh if whatever team wins uh the turnover battle one you know nine times out of ten uh will win the game so houston that's definitely going to be a huge challenge and it's going to be a huge challenge on the road it's probably going to be a sold out crowd for cincinnati they're going to be hyped up because they're one win away possibly from you know their first ever group of five team making the college football playoffs so Houston, your key to the game is being a spoiler to this party and pretty much creating chaos uh, as we go towards uh, the last week uh, of this uh, championship week. So now we will shift uh, to now the Big Ten championship between number two, Michigan, versus number 13, Iowa. Michigan coming here as a big, heavy favorite in this one, 11 points. uh, And I think the key for Michigan in this one is – can't get your emotions too high quite yet. I know you finally uh, broke the curse and beat Ohio State uh, last week. And Hassan Haskins, I think he's got to do it again. He had five touchdowns, 200 yards rushing. He's got to do it again against this really challenging Iowa defense. I know that, uh, you know, Iowa, they were right there with Michigan. You know, num- they were number two team as well. Now they've fallen off to number 13. Um so uh, for Michigan, I think that the defense, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, is definitely going to be the star player for that Michigan defensive line. If he has a good game, then the whole entire Michigan defense feed off of him. So I think that uh, Michigan uh, definitely has all the talent to win this uh, ball game, and I definitely think with how Caden McNamara uh, is starting to play, I think that this Michigan team is really starting to look like a complete football team. Yeah, and I think for Iowa, it's it's back to defense again. I mean, they have to step up uh, as far as defense goes. You know, they're they're allowing a little more this year than they have in the past, but they are not scoring the points that they need to score. I mean, total yards they're averaging just under three hundred yards a you know per game of offense. Um, three hundred yards in four quarters—that's not very much. They're right on the mark at 299. So, um, you know, they're they're not allowing more than really two, three touchdowns a game. Um, but it's Michigan. And we've seen, you know, example of last week that Michigan's for real. Um, and, and Jim Harbaugh has that team ready to go. And, and it will be stopping the running game. Uh, Michigan's passing game is not that great. Um but but their run game is is for real and, and it the game is on the shoulders of uh those Iowa linebackers and and defensive ends and of course that's what they produce there at Iowa so um they really need to step up to make this game close 
and now we're going to head to the ACC. And yes, the prophecy I called it to start the season <laughs> from week and two. It, it happened. Oh. So uh, from week two till now, I have hung on, and it is number fifteen. Pitt. I am proud to say this is yes, a yes. is is a three point favorite against number sixteen Wake Forest. Uh, and the Demon Deacons. So I, I, I want to get your thoughts first on uh, on Wake Forest um, because I was I kind of rode high with Wake Forest at the start of the season, and they've kind of mellowed out a little bit. Um, it, what do you think is the recipe for success as far as sticking with uh, Pitt in this one? Yeah, I mean, I there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a lot of points. I mean, you got Kenny Pickett on one side and Sam Harmon on the other. I mean, Wake Forest's defense, we, we've we talked about them uh, throughout several weeks of the show that they really can't stop anybody. They're giving up 30, 40 points a game to pretty much every team on their schedule. You can just go to the ESPN app and scroll through their schedule and you can just see, you know, the gauntlet that they went through and, you know, Explosive offenses are really tore them up. You can go back to the Army game where they gave up 56 points uh, to a team uh, that likes to just run the ball. You know, all the service academies like to run the ball. So uh, stopping Kenny Pickett is going to be a tough task. Uh, I'm going to do it again. I think it's going to come down to turnovers again. I mean, these are really two talented quarterbacks, and I think whoever makes the most mistakes and gives uh, the opponent uh, and that they're – you know, their offense, another opportunity to find the end zone. So I definitely think that's a big key for Wake Forest. I just want to congratulate you for this pick, man. I I really doubt you all season, but this is why you're the host and I'm the co-host. So 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 here's the thing. Here's the deal that we had. So Tom and I had a little bit of a deal to go into this this uh this ACC since it was kind of all over the place and there really wasn't, you know, Clemson there anymore. And so we made a little deal. So, Clint, uh, sorry, Tyler has to invest in an ACC championship shirt now. I'm um, trying to find one, but I can't find anyone anywhere. <laughs> you will. I really don't can. Don't worry. You'll be able to find one. Um, no, I'm sure I will. But, uh, or I'll find one for you. Um, <laughs> but but uh, I, I think that you're, you're going to have to wear that uh, here for uh, – you know, national championship week. I think that uh, I think that's a requirement to, that you have to wear that uh, for for the national championship. Just you know, just a little uh, bravo for my little pat on the back for myself for that one. Uh, but no, that was our little bet that we had going. So that's why we've been high about yeah. about the uh, about the ACC. Yeah, I was completely wrong on my ACC championship prediction. I went Clemson to North Carolina and lip. I mean, one team at least is nine and three. The other was like six and six. They finished, but oh well, you win and you lose some. Yes. And speaking of winning and losing, we're now going to move on to our game picks for the games that we just went over. Uh, yes. Hopefully, uh, a lot of winning and less losing. Let's hope so. Um, because last week was not the best. I think I went seven and three, and you went eight and two. That is correct. All right memory is there um so we're gonna open with that first game and that's gonna be that conference usa game uh for this one uh it's gonna be a close game um i'm not sure how i felt um, about utsa in this one so i have it at three points right now um really close game and i'm gonna have to take western kentucky in this one so now we're going to go to the Pac-12 game. And in the Pac-12, I am going to take uh, Utah. In this one, I've been riding high on Utah. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to take care of business once again. I think they're going to really expose Oregon now. I said that they, I said that they were going to expose Oregon two weeks ago. They are really going we to did expose say that them. they were going to go 2-0 and against Oregon yes. and make the Rose Bowl. So we will see if another prophecy will happen. Then you we, might go 3-for-3 three three because you said Oklahoma State was going to make the playoff and Utah is going to make the Rose Bowl. And speaking of Oklahoma State, the Big 12 championship game, I have them winning by a margin of 11 points in this one. <laughs> 28 to 17, of course. Um, and for me, that'll put them into my top four, but I'll get into that later. 
um, just think that they have more offense than Baylor does um, in this one, and I really think that's what it's going to boil down to. And now moving to the lovely Mac. The um, Mac. So uh, this game is interesting. I didn't know where to go um, to start with. So I, I'm going to roll with Kent State. I've seen Kent State this season. I haven't seen Northern Illinois this season. So I was a little hesitant on them. So I'm going to roll with Kent State, and I'm going to give them the 10 points. Um on the road in this one. So that officially means Kent State has one more victory than the Detroit Lions at home this season. Correct. Um, and now I'll move over to the Mountain West and uh, Utah State and San Diego State. Uh, I don't know how we can consider San Diego State in the Mountain West because there are no mountains in San Diego. But yeah, um, There's just beaches, no mountains. Right. Uh, you can build Unless mountains. You know, yeah, you can build sandcastles. <laughs> there mountains, you go. That's about it. There you go. Uh, but I think those sandcastle people are going to get the three points in this one. So <laughs> I'm going to go with San Diego State. Uh, I think they are ultimately going to come out on top. I think I'm going to – Bold prediction, but I think Utah State is the better team. I just think that San Diego State uh, will play better in this one um, in a high-stakes game like this. So, on to the Sun Belt Fun Belt, um, and it's going to be App State and Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, and I'm going to take Louisiana for the seven points uh, to not only go against the spread, but, you know, win the game as well. So um, I think that Billy Napier has that team where they need to be, and they're going to put on a show, I think, uh, for his for his last game there at Louisiana. So uh, I'm going to take the Raging Cajuns with the seven points. And then on to the SEC with Georgia and Alabama. As you can see. Um, not close. Yes, if you're watching this um, and you can see it, it is – 42 to 24. Yes, that is not a typo. That is my prediction. Um, and I believe I may be wrong, but I think I'm right. That was the same score, but reverse the last time the two teams squared off. I'm pretty sure it was similar lines that I'll have to look up the score from last year. It was pretty close to that, but I think Georgia's going to get their revenge this year. Um, and Georgia's whole. Oh, too good of a football team to lose a, a game to an Alabama team that barely hung on against Auburn, and they probably should have lost that game. Auburn made a mistake. Um, and now on to the next matchup, and of course, this is kind of a, a crazy-looking one uh, with, with Houston and Cincinnati. I went into a little bit of it, and it's all, I think, Cincinnati offense. Uh, Houston's defense can only do so much to stop them, um, and that's why I'm going to give those five points to Cincinnati in this one. Um, and then, of course, uh, the good old Big Ten. Your favorite. Yeah, um, I don't know how much I'm going to watch of this game this year. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think Michigan's running back is way too strong. He's a he's a first-round pick in the NFL draft, and, and – I think that he is ultimately going to carry that team. I think that McNamara has fallen into the shadows a little bit, and he just hands the ball off and says, he says Hut and hands the ball off, and he lets him run. Um, and they say block, and they block, and he makes it in the end zone. That, that's basic football. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to take them in a big win over a – I mean, that's a three-touchdown win over an Iowa State team that struggles to – or sorry, an Iowa team – that Iowa team that struggles to score the football – um, so I think, uh, I don't think Iowa, they really haven't scored many points. I don't think they scored over 24 points this year. Um, so I, I'm going to take the 17 for them and, and the 38 for Michigan. They're going to blow them out. Um, and then speaking of blowouts, mm-hmm. uh, that ACC game that we were talking about. And then you um, give it a blowout. <laughs> man, I tell you what, it, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Um, because this one, I don't think is going to be even remotely close. Um, it's going to be it's going to be wild, and, and I think that Kenny Pickett will stake his claim as uh, probably the second quarterback to go in the NFL draft. I think 
Um, maybe the first. I'm not quite sure. Kind of all over the place with that one, but that'll be a separate issue. But ultimately, Pitt, I think, is a way better football team than Wake Forest. Wake Forest had a good run, and they played well, and they fed off momentum and kept going. But uh, they're going to be pumping the brakes on this one because Pitt will run them over, I think, in this one. So uh, those are my picks. Yeah, those are looking like some pretty good picks. So we will go on now over to my picks as I try to select who is going to be the conference champion in all these great conferences. So we start off with the Conference USA Championship, Western Kentucky at UTSA. And Vegas, I don't know what you're talking about. Western Kentucky is on a three-point favorite. I don't guess you haven't been watching the other 12 games that UTSA has been playing all season. But I do think that Western Kentucky's offense will be able to score against UTSA. This will be a back-and-forth battle. But this is at the Alamo Dome, and the crowd's going to feed the roadrunners. They're going to meet meep all the way to a victory, and they're going to win 41-38. to Oregon at Utah, uh, unlike you, you know, I said uh, throughout the season that uh, – that uh, one of these teams will go well, – both of these teams would go one-on-one against each other. But that first matchup just really impressed me with what Utah was able to do, winning that game 38-7. to I do think that Oregon will have a better game plan on the offensive side of the ball. They'll be able to score more. But Utah's defense is just too good uh, for them to lose again. So I have Utah winning this one 28-17. And then we'll go on to the Big 12 championship. This is going to be another good game between Baylor at Oklahoma State. Going to be a lot of deep in this defense in this one. I do think that uh, both quarterbacks uh, will have okay games. I just think that the defenses uh, will take over in this one. Oklahoma State uh, won against Baylor 31-21 last time. That was with Spencer Sanders throwing two picks. I think he's going to clean that up. I have Oklahoma State winning 24-21 to this time around and winning the Big 12. Next one, the good old Mac. Like my computer, uh, Kent State at NIU. Uh, I got to go with Kent State in this one, especially now that they're wearing the baby blues. I don't think they're going to lose with those really cool uniforms. I think both offenses, both both, uh, quarterbacks wide up the scoreboard, but I think that Kent State will ultimately uh, pull one out. Could come down to a game-win field goal, so I got it 38-35, get it to the Golden Flashes. Then we'll head out west to the Mountain West Championship. Uh, Utah State at San Diego State. San Diego State's home stadium is actually a soccer field. So uh, I'm sure <laughs> you saw that same field whenever Los Angeles Chargers were, were building SoFi Stadium. And that is the exact same stadium that San Diego State is playing in now. So not really much of a crowd factor, but I'm still going to go with San Diego State against Utah State. I'm going to give the edge 28-23. to 23. Uh, I think that there might be some struggles uh, uh, early on. Uh, San Diego State, I looked through their schedule. One game, they can score 35 on you, and then the other, they can only put up 21 points. So we will see which San Diego State offense uh, will come alive. But I think that in the end, they'll be Mount West champs and win 20-23. to Head over to the Sun Belt Fun Belt, like you said. Always a fun conference uh, to watch every week. It's Appalachian State at Louisiana. And I think the Raging Cajuns will get it done. They'll win it for Billy Napier. He's going to ride off to the sunset. He'll go from one swamp to the other. So I got the Raging Cajuns winning this one 35 to 24. And then to the SEC Championship, Georgia versus Alabama. And like you, I really don't have this one being close. I have Georgia winning this one 34-17. I think that Georgia is going to dominate uh, the, the trenches in this one, both on the offensive line and defensive line. I think they'll be able to uh, limit uh, the amount of time that this Alabama offense is on the field. I think that Georgia is going to want to keep that high-powered offense uh, off the, the field and control the time of possession. And I think that's exactly what they'll do. So I have them winning 34-17. And then to the American Championship, I have Cincinnati clinching a playoff spot with a 33-27 victory. I don't really see this game being a blowout. Houston's got uh, talent on both sides of the ball. I think that both offenses will be involved, but Cincinnati will win the turnover battle in the end, probably win it 2-1. to one. But I think that Cincinnati will win this one 33-27. 
and Michigan at Iowa versus Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Like you, I really don't see this one being close. Uh, Michigan's run game is just just going to be too much uh, for the Iowa defense. Uh, and Iowa offense uh, doesn't really have the talent uh, to score or keep up uh, with Michigan. I think that Hassan Haskins will once again have a big game. Big game on the run. So I think that uh, Michigan will win 31-10. to 10. And then in the game that I'm sure not many people honestly will be watching, but I'm sure will be watching this one, uh, Pitt at, uh, versus Wake Forest. You're going to have to watch it. No, I, I am going to watch it. It's going to be a lot of points. I have Pittsburgh winning 49-45. to 45. That's right. Can he pick it on one side, Sam Hartman? It's going to be a battle. I honestly think this fight could be like, 71 to 56 or something like that. It can get that high. I mean, these defenses, I mean, Pittsburgh can actually stop someone. I'll say it again. Wake Forest defense can't stop a dang nosebleed at this rate. I mean, you could put the little giants out there and they'd probably be able to score 40 against this Wake Forest. It's like putting a a little foosball men out there. I know. But (laughs) uh, I think that uh, in the end, Pitt will win this wacky ACC championship game and it ended up winning 49 to 45 i think it's just going to be a high scoring shootout and i think it deserves to be i mean with this matchup it has to be a high scoring points take the over <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that being said let's go on to our final new year's six bowl predictions this will be our final predictions before we actually know who's going to play what new year's six bowl games is sunday at 11 o'clock whenever espn and and the crew uh, will release uh, whoever's going to be in the playoff and then the rest on New Year's Day. So let's get into the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And it seems like you have a new team in the mix, but you still have the Pitt Panthers uh, playing in Atlanta. Yeah, those Mormon boys from Provo, oh, Utah got in what there. What a trip this would be. <laughs> BYU versus Pitt in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl would just absolutely cap off the best season in college football in I'm a really long time. I'm going to call you crazy again for this matchup. I do not see this happening. There is no way. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you got Wake Forest versus Pitt, but I think this is just taking it way too far. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. see. I'm I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to put another bet on this one. I don't want to have like a collection of Pitt shirts but no nah, you're gonna have some BYU stuff <laughs> uh, maybe I'll have to think about it <laughs> all right um with that being said my prediction for the Peach Bowl stays the same Ole Miss uh, really got an impressive road victory in Starkville this on Thanksgiving night against Mississippi State uh, and they're they just jumped up to number eight so I mean they're pretty much a lock uh, a New Year's Six Bowl it's a matter of do they go to the Sugar Bowl or do they go to the Peach? Uh, I think ultimately they'll go to the Peach and Bama will go to the Sugar Bowl. And Pittsburgh, uh, I just had them winning that high-scoring affair against Wake Forest. I ultimately think whoever wins that game will uh, make it to one of these New Year's Six Bowl games. Since I have Pitt winning that game, I have Pitt going to the Peach Bowl against Ole Miss. All right, now we'll head out west to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, where uh, in your goodie bags, if you win this one, you get a – PlayStation 5, so that's always a good treat. So who do you have earning themselves a PlayStation 5 when they make the trip out west? Well, I think it's either going to be those Irishmen from South Bend, Indiana, uh-huh. or it's going to be those preppy Oxford people there and the uh, Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, now, I think this would be a really good matchup, uh, two teams that would head out west, and I, and I think this would be an excellent matchup. Uh, and I look forward to this happening. Ole Miss is uh, really turned into a really good football team, and it really cemented them, I think, in this spot uh, out of the Peach Bowl and into the Fiesta Bowl just because of that last win, and uh, they really elevated themselves to another level. And, of course, Notre Dame is a storied program that is really uh, – really good year in year uh year in year out so i, I think that uh i think notre dame and uh almost would be a really good one yeah definitely would be a really good one i mean both of those offenses are complete opposite old miss uh really likes to the throw it and then notre dame uh, likes to run the old school uh multiple offense uh, and i'm gonna have notre dame in there but i have michigan state in this one both Midwest teams are going to take a little vacation 
uh, to Arizona. It's going to be a, a long road trip for both of these fan bases, but I think both of them will travel. It'll be a new experience uh, for these two teams. I think this is would be a defensive uh, battle. It would be Jack Cohn uh, versus Peyton Thorne. I mean, like I've mentioned, Jack Cohn is former Wisconsin quarterback, so this would pretty much be Big Ten versus Big Ten uh, out west. It would pretty much be a Rose Bowl light, so sign me up for this matchup if it happens. Yeah, only thing is I just think they should just play over there because it's just kind of just a waste to go on. Yeah, it, it, I mean, same with Notre Dame and Ole Miss. That's too far road trips as well. But speaking yeah. of the Rose Bowl, go to the granddaddy of them all, and looks like – we have a new team in here after their, their recent loss against Michigan. Yes, one team with a recent success that I think will keep them where they are, and that is Utah. Uh, yes, I am still riding high on Utah, uh, and I will continue to. Um, so, and I think they're gonna. I think they're cemented in that spot. I think with this win over over Oregon this this upcoming weekend, I hope that they stay right there. Um, and of course, Ohio State, I think, will drop down. I debated on whether to put Iowa there. Committee's kind of weird. Um, but the only problem is is that if it wasn't Ohio State, Ohio State would be in a different New Year's Six game. Um, then you would potentially have, you would well, you would have three Big Ten teams in New Year's Six games. And I just, I couldn't do that. So I had to put Ohio State there. Um would be a really good game, um, a close game, I think, um, a game that uh, I wouldn't overlook. Yeah, I have the same matchup as well, Utah versus Ohio State. But you know what's crazy? If Oregon wins the Pac-12, we could see a rematch between Oregon versus Ohio State. And honestly, kind of want to see that more again because, you know, Everyone's been talking about, uh, you know, how great uh, Oregon's victory was against Ohio State. But to be honest with you, you know, even outside of that Michigan game, Ohio State's more of a complete team uh, than Oregon. But this would also be a good matchup. Uh, Utah's the defense versus Ohio State. It's a high-powered offense in C.J. Stroud. So, I mean, if we see Ohio State versus Oregon, Utah versus Ohio State, I would be uh, content uh, with with either, especially that rematch with the Ducks. But Utah versus Ohio State right now has to be my pick. All right, now we'll go to the Big Easy, and we have the All-State Sugar Bowl, and looks like we still – you've been riding with the same two teams, it seems like, all season. Yeah, I've been riding with this same game right here the whole time since we've opened with these New Year's Six predictions, um, and I think it's going to happen. Um, I think it would be a really good game, too, because Baylor has defense I don't think that Alabama's ready for. Um, so I, I think this would be a really good game and a close one. Yeah, I have to agree with you as well. I have Alabama versus Baylor, both runner-ups of their respective conference championships. Now, I could see Ole Miss uh, uh, jumping up in the rankings uh, and passing up Alabama, but I think uh, with Alabama, it just really depends if they get blown out uh, by Georgia I think it could be a possibility for Ole Miss, uh, but if Alabama loses a close one, I just don't see Alabama falling out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this would be a really good matchup. Uh, Baylor's defense versus Bryce Owen, that's definitely something that I would see. Baylor, uh, two years ago, was in the Sugar Bowl and faced Georgia, so I think it would be a really good matchup uh, yet again if they face the Crimson Tide out of Alabama. And now we'll go on to the two playoff semifinal games of this year's playoff, and it is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, and we're sticking with the two versus the three seeds in this one. Yeah, um, currently it's a two versus, what, two versus four right now? Two versus three. Well, well in the rankings, yeah. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. you were mean. Oh, I'm saying current rankings, but yeah, I, I think I by the end of it all, this is what it will look like. Um, but I think Michigan and, and Cincinnati will square off in this one. Um, I, I'd like to say I would have liked to see Ohio State and Cincinnati go at it, um, but this is the next best thing, and I think this would be a really good game to see Luke Fickle and, and Jim Harbaugh go at it. Um, and, and I think that uh, Cincinnati would put up a fight in this game, and I'd, I'd be interested to watch this one. Yeah, I have the same one. I had Ohio State dropping off and Michigan taking their spot at number two, and that's what the playoff committee did. 
on Tuesday night in their ranking show. And uh, I still have number three uh, Cincinnati. I think with the win against Houston, they're a lock. Uh, even if it's a close one, I think if they go undefeated, win the American, they have that win against Notre Dame, who's a, a top six team. So I, I don't really see the playoff committee, uh, you know, shifting uh, Cincinnati out of the top four. I think crazy things would have to happen, like Alabama winning against uh, Georgia. I think so many other things uh, would have to happen for Cincinnati. So I think that Cincinnati, if they want to make the playoff, they pretty much just have to win. I think that's exactly what they'll do against Houston. I, same thing for Michigan. If they, if you beat Iowa, you're in. I think they'll do that uh, pretty much with ease. So I think that Michigan versus Cincinnati would be a really good matchup. I would like to see the in-state matchup. Ohio State versus Cincinnati, but this would definitely be a good matchup uh, between, you know, really good defenses and offenses uh, that really rely heavily on their run game. And now we go to Miami to see who who we have in the Capital One Orange Bowl. It is the number one seed versus number four seed. And like um, the Sugar Bowl that you've been rolling with, you've been rolling with this this matchup since the start. Yeah, since the start, I think this is this. Is, I think this will ultimately be the outcome if Oklahoma State gets it done and Georgia gets it done. Uh, I think they're going to square off against each other, and I think this would be a really good game. Um, you know, Kirby Smart versus versus Coach, Coach Gundy over there for for uh, Oklahoma State. I, I and he's been there for a long time, um, and I think he's really gotten that team on his side and has gotten that team to the point where they're going to compete now and I think they're going to be the next best thing in the Big 12 I think uh, they will fill that old Oklahoma spot now that um, you know Lincoln Riley is gone to the Pac-12 um, but I think that this is a bright future for Oklahoma State uh, and I don't think uh, if they do not win this matchup and I think this will happen and, and if they do get blown out and I don't think they have anything to hang their hat on I I, I think they have put left it all on the field and, and uh, I think that uh, I think this would be a really good matchup and I'm gonna have to agree with you once again I have the same matchup Georgia versus Oklahoma I think uh, Georgia even if they lose SEC championship uh, they're in uh, no matter what, uh, but they would rather be the number one seed. If they lose, they would probably be the number three seed in Alabama. Would probably either go jump up. They would probably presumably jump up uh, to the number one spot and jump Michigan, especially if it's a convincing win. Uh, Oklahoma State on the other side, if if they win, they're most presumably in unless uh, Alabama beats Georgia. Then that would they that might close the door, and you might have that discussion if Oklahoma State should be in or Cincinnati should be in. But uh, I know we're feeling really confident on our picks, but I know that college football, you know, during this week, there's always going to be upset. And honestly, I want chaos to happen. I want, you know, like Iowa beating Michigan, Baylor beating Oklahoma State, just absolute Houston beating Cincinnati. I just want the playoff committee to have a headache for 24 <laughs> hours of who who are we going to put in this playoff. And no matter what happens, I'm just excited to see uh, some new faces uh, in the college football playoff. Yeah, it's good to see some new ones uh, represent these big conferences and, and the small ones uh, here for this for this week of championship outcomes and, and games to come this weekend. So uh, that's going to be it for our show, guys. And, uh, of course, this is going to be one of the last ones of the season. We've got a big show next week, um, the biggest show of the year, and that'll be the entire uh, the entire bowl, you know, season here that uh, we are coming upon here next week. Uh, so it's going to be action packed and we're going to be ready for it. So uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in to this episode. This is uh, the College Football Coast to Coast show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB underscore coast to coast. That's CFB underscore coast, the number two coast. And of course, if you're listening on Facebook, uh, you can follow us at CFB Coast to Coast on there as well. You can see all of our past recorded episodes and our lives if you want to tune in to watch some of the visuals that we go over. Uh, but that's going to be it for our show tonight. Thanks, Tyler. Um, we will do it all again next week for bowl season. Yep, can't wait. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 